Five Subtle Signs You Might Have an Ungrateful Spouse Hi, everyone. Most families are passing through this, but they don't realize it. You might feel that you're doing great in your marriage, not knowing that you're destroying your relationship by yourself. The same goes for our spouses. They might not know that what they're doing can cause serious relationship issues until you talk about it. Now, how do you know that your spouse is ungrateful? Well, here are five signs that prove to you that you might have an ungrateful spouse. But before that, please help this channel to gain more momentum by clicking that like button below. And if you're new here, don't forget to subscribe and click the bell icon so you won't miss our subsequent videos. 1. They never show appreciation. Yes, we know that you're supposed to take care of your spouse and make sure to always be there for them. But the question is, how often your spouse shows appreciation to you for all the love and care you offer them? Some people feel that their spouse has to do it, so there's no need for special appreciation. But in truth, if you have that kind of spouse that never appreciates you no matter what you do, you might have an ungrateful spouse. They forget that what they're enjoying, people are praying for every day and have never gotten it. 2. They don't reciprocate efforts. You're always on edge, trying to do everything possible to make your spouse happy. You don't mind what they take, and your only priority is to make sure that they're always comfortable and happy no matter what. But once you get into a fix and need their help, they turn a blind eye to you. They'll never be there for you when you need them. Rather, they'll give you excuse upon excuse as to why they can't make it. But if you do the same to them, they get furious and really angry at you. 3. You hardly see them. They can stay for as long as possible without hearing from you or making efforts to see you, except when you're the one making the efforts. If you don't call, they won't call. If you don't visit, they don't care. And even when they come around, there's hardly any romantic moment shared between you two. No passionate kisses, no hugs, and probably not even I miss you sex. They treat you more like a roommate instead of a lover. This is not so fun at all. And if you complain, they get angry. 4. They make everyone else a priority, but not you. Your spouse takes it as a point of duty in making your kids, friends, and family members happy, but they'll never have time for you. They pay so much attention to their jobs, hobbies, and everything else, but not you, the one they claim to love the most. Sometimes this isn't easily noticed, especially when you have become so comfortable in the relationship. Spouses are supposed to always look for time to be alone with each other so that they can bond. But your spouse may be avoiding this because they're ungrateful. 5. They offer sex only on special occasions. Sex and intimacy are among the strongest things that bring couples together. It's the binding force between couples. So once couples start failing in their sexual life, there's bound to be trouble. If your spouse happens to be the type that offers sex to you only on special occasions, such a spouse is an ungrateful spouse because sex shouldn't be given out only on selected days. Well, what do you think? <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord, the voice of reason has returned. You already know. From Monday to Thursday, I'm going to keep cooking. I'm going to stay in the kitchen. And I'm going to keep cooking up topics like this. It's important. Tonight's topic, baby, please reciprocate. When your best isn't good enough. When pleasing your significant other simply is not enough. What is the dark side of being a people pleaser, a spouse pleaser? Right? 
How do you know if your partner is indeed ungrateful? What to do if your partner is always unhappy or dissatisfied about your relationship? When your partner doesn't meet your needs, what can you do? What should you do? What is the characteristic of an ungrateful person? Is it bad to be a people pleaser in relationships? Why is my partner always angry, unhappy, dissatisfied, disgruntled, disapproving of me? 1-800-920-1580. Let's talk about it. I want to know what you think. It's important that we have these serious, real discussions. Now, let me just do this. First and foremost, let me just say, for everybody, you know, who, who is in the chat room right now, what up, chat room folks? I appreciate y'all for coming in and participating in the conversation. For everybody out in the world listening to the show, I appreciate you for tuning in. This is the Voice of Reason exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, we just got a book sale today from the KBLA dot store, and I wanted to shout that out. Thank you uh, for reaching out to me and get getting my book. I'm I'm very appreciative of it. It will be shipped out ASAP. Um, let me see. Uh, who is the young person that got the book? Oh, wait, before I do that. Sorry. Do you know I taught a whole relationship course before I came in here to do this show? Uh the Young Sisters from the Black Women for Wellness Rites of Passage program, I want to shout them out, 14 to 18. And when I tell you we had a whole relationship roundtable in there. And let me tell you something, man. Those types of conversations make me feel like God is happy with me. Because the looks on their faces, the confirmation, the understanding, the comprehension, all of it, man. The questions. And and these young ladies were so sharp. They were teaching me. They were answering the questions and adding. It was a beautiful experience. And I was just supposed to walk in there and say, hi, I'm Zoe Williams. Uh, my show comes on at 7. But I wind up sitting in there for 25, some 20, 25 minutes, and we were really going into it. They was asking questions. They were engaged. And it just reminded me, like, bro, this is your purpose, man. This is your purpose. So I was extremely excited about that. And I'm trying to find the young lady who purchased uh, the book today. Uh, but thank you for going to the KBLA.store uh website and purchasing my books for all those out there who've been listening to the show now we're we're past it we're well over a year now uh for all the people that have been listening man you can go purchase your book i'm gonna get an email from kbla that says hey you got a book sale and all i'm gonna do is package it up and take it right to the post office so please support my books they're all all of the links to them 
are on the KBLA.store uh, website. Now, let me get back to the topic. Baby, please reciprocate. When your best isn't good enough. Is your partner always evaluating your performance? Does your partner actually believe that we are all works in progress? Is your partner only happy with you when you are doing what they think you should be doing for them? When you do something that they don't like, do they hold that infraction over your head? Are they irreconcilable when you try to make amends? Is it, is it healthy to cross the line into people-pleasing, spouse-pleasing, significant other-pleasing, when you've made a mistake and it seems as if it can't be fixed? When your best just simply isn't good enough. Does your partner reciprocate the love, respect, support, and love that you give to them? Is it normal to think that they should give it to you, give it back to you in the way that they give it to you? Do you understand? Like, if you give it to them in a certain way, does it make sense for them to think that may, your way of giving it back to them will be exactly the way they gave it to you? Is that a realistic expectation? Gosh, when you can't reciprocate respect, when you can't reciprocate love, when you can't reciprocate empathy, what should you do? I want to know. 1-800-920-1580. Somebody call me right now. I want to know. Do you end the relationship? It, listen to what I'm saying. We, we, we're broken people. We are people who are flawed. We are people who are works in progress. We are people who stumble every day of our lives. Failure is probably our greatest professor. So when that happens in the body of a relationship, how long? Should your partner hold on to the infraction? Or does this or, or is it indefinite? Do they stay in this 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 space indefinitely? And if they do stay in that space indefinitely, should you continue to try to please and assuage them? Should you continue to try to uh, uh, make amends or because you did something that offended them, that upset them, does this trigger them into going into a space of unrequited love where they're not giving it back? Unrequited love is love that is not mutual or reciprocated. One person loves someone who does not love them back. 
The word requite literally means to return or to repay. So unrequited means, you know what, I'm still mad at you. Your best in this moment is not good enough to undo what you did in the past. 1-800-920-1580. Are you in a relationship right now struggling to get some reciprocation? When I come forward, you know I'm going to the phone lines. I want to talk to folks. This is going to be a heavy one. People, please call in and tell the truth. And please understand, not only I have a lot to talk about, but... The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Is your best simply not good enough? The Voice of Reason back in the building with his playlist. Come on now. James Ingram's. Ingram. I said Ingram's. James Ingram, Just Once, produced by legendary producer Quincy Jones. Y'all know, Q don't be playing, man. It's a great record, um, and, and it fits the topic, right? How do you get out of the doghouse? When your best isn't good enough, when pleasing your significant other isn't good enough, how do you? flip the script now i all i'm this type of person i'm a try but once i recognize that there is a lack of willingness then i'm not i'm going to step back i'm going to take a step back because what you this is what you need to learn you cannot convince somebody to want you now what's cold is my, my godmother used to say, you can't teach nobody how to love you. Woo. Woo. Somebody meme it. You can't teach somebody how to love you. They have to be loved. And many people think being genteel is being loving. Now, And again, I told you guys before, love is not a verb. Right? Love is not a verb. It's not, oh, I got to do this, right? Because if love is a verb in this context, what tends to happen, right? The person that you hurt, and and please understand, you're going to be hurt in relationships. That's par for the course. We hurt each other. We are victims of victims. We misunderstand each other. Uh, We don't comprehend all of our body language, all of our verbal language. And we're not the greatest listeners. So we're going to hurt each other. Right. And some of us are wounded and those wounds are going to take advantage and or I should say, take the lead. You understand? So we're, we're definitely going to hurt each other. And I'm not talking about domestic violence hurt, right? I'm talking about hurt feelings. I'm talking about misunderstandings. Boy, one of the biggest hurts you can ever levy against a relationship is the fracturing of the image 
your partner had of you. If your partner dated the concept of you, the concept that they had in their mind about you, if your partner is dating or married to the image, if that image cracks, the relationship is going, it's going to struggle or may not survive. And then your best, you know, because you are a work in progress. Here you are struggling, scrambling, trying to pull it together, trying to hold it together. Trying, listen, bringing it back together on your end only works when you're dealing with a willing partner. If the person is unwilling to listen, if the person is unwilling to acknowledge, if the person is unwilling to accept, then you're a hamster on a wheel. 1-800-920-1580. Stone from Palmdale. Get in here. What up, Stone? You on the line? What's happening? What's going on, brother? Hey, man, I can hear everything in the background, man. You might have to turn off uh, your, your, yeah, your TV. I do, I do, I do, I know I do. Is that better? Let's see. Is that better? Yes, that is much better. Okay, so. All right, so what's your thoughts? You I got a major question. How can your best not be enough? Because your best to you might That's not be impossible. that your best to you might not be the best to your partner. Then that's not your partner. Ooh, okay. Am I right? I'm just saying, if your best is your best, you can't go no better. We're not saying you're trying to be your best, but if your best is your best, how can that be your partner if it's not enough? Mm. Your voice of reason, break that one to me. Mm. That's heavy. If they don't accept your best, like they would accept no, their, uh, listen. Accept it. No, listen to your me. Your best is your best. Right. There is no reaching no higher. You know what I mean? You can't, your best is your best. Now, if you're trying to be your best, you're not your best. But if you're at your best, if it's not enough, what? No, no, Stone. Watch this. Because I hear what you're saying. Let's take it off of intimate partners and put it on your child. If your child did their absolute best and came home with a C, you're going to love on that child. You're going to pour love into that child. You're going to say, that's all right. You did your best. As long as you did your best, I got your back. We're going to get that B, and then we're going to get that A. You're going to encourage. But in relationships, if your best is a C... It might get frowned upon by your significant other. Stone, stay with me. When I come forward, I'm going back to Palmdale because Stone brought up a great point. We got a lot to talk about. Trust me. Always blowing, whatever we've got going. And it seems the time before we've got, we haven't got a Ladies and gentlemen, my playlist is my featured co-host. You already know this, James Brown. Please, please don't go. 
please, begging for reciprocity. Begging for acknowledgement. If you got to beg your partner for acknowledgement, for reciprocity, for empathy, for forgiveness, I don't know. Tough situation to be in, ladies and gentlemen. When your best isn't good enough. Have you ever had some, uh, have you ever been in a relationship with somebody who's going through a tough time? And you're doing your absolute best to support them. And they say your support isn't good enough or is somehow disingenuous or is flaky. But you're doing your absolute best to support them. How do you feel about how how should how would that make you feel? You are doing your level best. I'm not saying you're not you're not playing around with your support. You are committed to supporting. You are invested in supporting. And they say, nah, you're not really supporting. 1-800-920-1580 Stone Palmdale. Get back in here with your final thoughts. Yes, sir. You gotta turn. You gotta turn it down so I can, I can hear it in the background now. You gotta turn. It's it off. All right. Now, what are your final thoughts for this point? My point is, if to doing your best, if you're doing your best, it's impossible for somebody to accept less. If I tell you, and I show you, this is my best. It's not good enough for you, and you're not for me. Mm. How can it be any other way? Mm. Well, brother, I appreciate you for that I'm, insight. That's real the talk. Reason. I wanna... Oh, there's a question. Wait, he, it's a question. What's the question? Is he gone? How can my best not be my best? Or if I tell you and show you that this is my best, and you say, okay, that's not good enough, how can you be for me? That's the question. No, no, no. You you've made the distinction. If they say and, and, and not only a distinction, you made the decision. If somebody tells you your best isn't good enough, you made the decision to say this is not for me. You answered your own question. Now. At the end of the day. You can only show contrition. Love and support to somebody that's willing to receive it. Sometimes we can have a family member that might be, say, an alcoholic or something, right? And they're going through maybe right. maybe a drug issue. And because they're family, we tend to overreact. Sometimes it's best to have somebody come in and do like an intervention because the family is emotional about this person. So they be like, man, you killing yourself. That might not be the conversation to have. You see what I'm saying? So, again, sometimes people are not willing to receive the support. Your best. They might not be willing to receive your best. And you made a decision when you said, hey, if that's the case, you're not the person for me. And I'm not mad at your decision, bro. Is it, right, right. Yeah, you good? 
Oh, I'm perfect. All right, cool. Stone, we appreciate the call, man. Look, he's Palmdale, California, up north. Look, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Get on the lines. I want to talk to everybody. We got people all over the country right now. JW, South Central, get in here. Hey, how you doing, Zoe? I'm good, brother. How you? Oh, man, I'm doing well. Uh, the word that comes to mind for me is uh, reciprocation. Okay, yes. In, in terms of a, a mutual uh, exchange or a return in like or same value. And if a person um, is not willing to do that, they're not willing to meet you halfway. And like the old folks will say, fair exchange is no robbery. Hmm. Hmm. I hear you. And like the brother said just before me, if the person can't comprehend that or accept that or is willing to uh, comply to that, they're not for you. And you have to make that decision. That has to be the deal breaker, period. Doesn't doubt. Wow. It's more than a red flag. It's a deal breaker. It's like zero tolerance. I love it, brother. I love it. JW. Always, man. Always, JW. Always. South Central is in the building because of JW. If you want to bring your city, if you want to bring your city into this conversation, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Cali, Soul, Denver, Colorado. Hazel. What's happening? Oh, you know, just cooking, just cooking. Yeah, you about to cook. So, you always call when you cook it. <laughs> well, that's what happens around this time at night in Denver. You know yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, so my, um, my question, I guess, or maybe not as a, maybe not a question. Sometimes people... For them, it, their best isn't good enough for them. And they're allowing, like, their comparison to be the thief of joy or celebration, you know, for what they've achieved. Like, I, and I've experienced that, you know, where I, I move how I move. I kill the game. But that doesn't mean that my standard for myself is the same standard for my partner or for my friends or my little sister or whoever else is, you know, in my life. So just because my celebration of them doesn't look like what they think it ought to look like, right? they could perceive that as not being supportive. Mm. And that, to me, is like, that's an inside job. You've got to be, what you're doing has to be good enough for you. If you get, if you give a darn, it's busted, then that's a good place to be because that means it don't matter what somebody else think about what you achieve or what you bring to the table. If you're proud of it and it's enough for you, then somebody else not being um, enthusiastic or as enthusiastic as you think that they ought to be for your win isn't going to break you. Mm. Mm. What do you think about that? Well, this... Listening to what you're talking about, it puts me in the mind of what is called uh, negative effect reciprocity. And it seems to me that people can get into the negative effect reciprocity easier than they can get into the organic 
reciprocity. Now, when I say organic, what I mean is I've always said reciprocity at its highest spiritual level is not transactional. It's not a barter. It's not a trade. Right. It is. Can you like your mom was genuinely happy when you gave her a Mother's Day card and some flowers? She was just look at my baby. Lord, you know, she loved on that baby because that baby showed something and she poured her love back into her into that child organically. Negative effect reciprocity, which is also called, listen, reciprocation of negativity. Ooh, a mutual es- escalation is defined as the tendency for one's per- one person's negative behavior to instigate or encourage another person's negative behavior. Now, to me, it seems like we engage far more in negative effect reciprocity than we do in organic reciprocity, where we are genuinely happy or or empathetic or accepting or loving or kind to someone, it seems that it is easier for us to get into negative effect reciprocity than it is for the higher level. What are your thoughts? I'm still not clear on what exactly negative effect reciprocity means. I'm going to read it again. Negative effect reciprocity, which is also sometimes called reciprocation of negativity. The reciprocation of negativity is what negative effect reciprocity means. In other words, we are reciprocating negativity to one another. Mutual escalation, which is defined as the tendency for one person's negative behavior to instigate or encourage another person's negative behavior. That is negative effect reciprocity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So does that mean it's an inside job and they're actually mirroring what I think about myself? Exactly. Keep going. Now we there. Okay. We cooking. Okay. okay. And, and, just, okay. and just like when we talk about love, when I tell people love is not a set of behaviors. It's just not. Okay. Love is a level of consciousness. I also believe that in couched in that high level of consciousness where you access love, you also access, listen to this, organic reciprocity. Where, where you're not mm-hmm. moved by an intent. You're not moved by an idea or a concept. It is a natural organic response to something that resonates with your level of consciousness. If you're at the level of consciousness of actually loving someone. Now, on the lower levels, what are we doing? Negative effect reciprocity. Your triggers trigger me. My negativity triggers you. We go back and forth, and now we have a negative effect cycle going. Does that make sense? Yeah. Action, reaction, reactionary behavior. Do you see? And I believe more people engage in that than they do in this vaunted, you know, organic reciprocity. And this is how... My best might not be good enough for you. Do you see what I'm saying? Because if you were really at a level of consciousness where you love, you see somebody doing their best, you love on that. Oh, you did your best. Mm -hmm. In the same way you do with your kid. Hey, listen, that C is good. You know why it's good? 
because you gave it your all and that's what you got. But you know what? We're going to go back to the drawing board together and I'm going to help you and we're going to get to that B. And once you get to that B, you're going to feel a little, little bit different about that B than you did about that C. And you're going to take that feeling and we're going to enfold it back into your work ethic. And guess what? We're going to aim for that A and watch how you feel when you get that. Do you see? That's organic reciprocity right there. We'll give it to the kid if we love the kid, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, Lord. Stay with me. Stay with me, Callie. So when we come forward, my best ain't good enough. Is it good to you? Good to you. More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Come forward. It's like forbidden fruit, my no better than I do. A woman's worth. I barely went to church. I'd rather fast with you. Hey, Kendrick Lamar just said, shut the F up when you hear love talking. That's the problem. So many people claim they love, but they really don't. They empower their grudges. They empower uh, their feeling and their sense of entitlement. They want to engage in tit-for-tat talk. They want to turn on the evaluator. Come on. I'm going to evaluate everything you do now, even the good things you do. And now that I'm evaluating everything you do, your good ain't good enough. Shut the F up. When you hear love talking. That's what Kendra said. Callie Soul, get in here. <laughs> Callie, are you there? Callie is somewhere cooking. We're going to have to get Callie. Sorry, I put mute on. I'm back. All right, you there, Callie. But do you I'm understand back. what I'm saying here? I do understand what you're, what you're saying. All right, we'll push and back. And I'm going to make a broad statement here. Mm-hmm. And I, I recognize, and I'm just now learning <laughs> how to be someone's advocate or cheerleader, as they say in life, especially black men. Like, I feel like y'all really need us as your women to show up as cheerleaders. Come on. Come so on. oftentimes I've had like a, I, like I didn't grow up with cheerleaders in my life. I was on the swim team. I rode my bike to swim practice by myself. No one was at my meets. I cheered myself on. Like I, as they say in the church, I encouraged myself in the Lord. So I didn't need no cheerleaders. So learning now to become someone's cheerleader and to, you know, just encourage them, that's very different from me. So in past relationships, when someone needed a cheerleader, they took my indifference. Mm, as non-support and that doesn't mean that i was non-supportive it was just like you know i like folks to say then i say oh yeah i pay my child support i take care of my kids (laughs) yeah that's what you're supposed to do do. right you know like sometimes that that's been my reaction to to somebody finally pushing through something it's like okay good keep going what's next can i say this to you let me offer yes, this sir. to you. I have to offer this. Could that be an adaptation or a psychological mutation that you developed, right, you know, uh, to protect yourself? Some some would say maladaptive, right? You, you, you went through something maybe when you were young and then you had to adapt in a way that 
protected you, that shielded you. Absolutely. Okay, then. So that that's a mutation, right? Maladaptive. Okay. So now let me let me flip it back on you. To encourage comes out of empathy, comes out of kindness, comes out of love. But because we live in a hurt factory called Earth, now we have to create something that actually filters our ability to love. We have to filter it down. We have to we have to sequester it because it, you can't give it to everybody because it's like nectar and they're going to hurt you for it. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is either you are that person or you're not. Don't let the, 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 the adaptation to protect yourself prevent you from being what you are, a lover, a nurturer, a healer. Now, can you do it for everybody? No, here comes discernment, right? Here comes discernment. But it, you should never filter it. You should never sequester it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to get some As pushback. I, I'm trying to get some pushback. No, you're not gonna get no. No, I understand what you're saying. Like I said, I've I've worked on that part of myself now. So now I absolutely show up as as empathetic. But back in the day, no. And I hear what you're saying. It's like you know that that trauma developed a callus in me, so mm-hmm. I couldn't show up mm. in that way for people. And what all I got to say now is Nina Simone. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Hey, 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 we love you, <laughs> Cali Soul. When we come forward, more from the callers. We on fire tonight. I dug the party. Who said they saw me? Found on by Molly. Wrist on your Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason and his playlist keep rolling. Legendary Mickey Howard. Come on, man. Come share my love. Great record, man. I mean, gosh, I was going to put some Regina, Regina Bell on the playlist. I, I was I was I was traveling in my music uh, in the crates, but. That was a great record. Come Share My Love by Mickey Howard. Tonight's topic, man, heavy topic. We, As you know, uh, we try to have the difficult conversations, man. We, we try to have the difficult conversations. We're talking about when, you're, when your best isn't good enough and, and you shift into this space of trying to people please your partner in order uh, to be accepted. We talked about willingness, the only way for relationships to heal from infractions is the willingness on both parties to do the work. And uh, like I said, it's been an amazing topic for the first hour, and now we still have full lines. People want to talk about it tonight's topic. Baby, please reciprocate. When your best isn't good enough, when pleasing your partner or your significant other isn't good enough. In other words, when you can't be forgiven. In other words, when somebody, if you've hurt somebody in your relationship, uh, they slide into this space of entitlement where they hold your infraction over your head. 1-800-920-1580. We got callers on the line. Let's get them all in here. 
True Monger from Dallas, Texas. Get in here and talk to us, brother. What's up, man? Yes, sir, man. I just had to reframe it and, and set it back up for us. Let's go. Man, this here. Um, I've been through that when um, someone tell, tells you that they're in love with the idea of you or what they, what image they have of you in their head and not actually you. I've been through that actually a couple of times. That mess ain't cool, man, because... I'm I'm got flaws just like the next next person. I do my best. I give my all. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes and I own them. But sometimes your partner won't be the same. They're like they don't screw up. Like everything they do is okay. They don't have to be accountable for their part and how things play out. Mm. They want to shift it all towards you. And in many cases, the issue is actually them. But they don't want to address it. They just rather blame. It's easier for them to place the blame on you. No, that's right, true. And then when they little ugly dragon come out, they they question your understanding or your empathy for mm-hmm. them. When at the same time, where was your empathy when it spelled a different word, entitlement? Talk to me, true. Right. Come on, get in here, man. Empathy towards us, in many cases, doesn't exist. Mm. Not, 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 not in that moment, at least anyway. Maybe down the line when they realize that they made a mistake. Mm. Mm. But in most, in many cases like that, it's, it might be too late. That person might have moved on with somebody else. Mm. That's heavy. And bro. then if they got respect for you, they're not going to try to play, play home record. But some people do that too. Mm. Maybe some people are frustrated with the partner they chose to keep because they missed an opportunity to act out. So let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. Something happens in a relationship, right? And your higher self says something happening might be, say, cheating, right? Uh. Mm -hmm. And then your higher self say, man, okay, don't act out. Be respectful. You know, let's see how this plays out. Question them, ask them the questions. But really in their spirit, they wanted to act out instead of working it out. And then in an attempt to try to work it out, they're really not working it out. They're really resentful because they didn't go off in the way they wanted to go off. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So now... Anything you do is getting scrutinized, criticized, and evaluated because they're really mad that they didn't do what they what, what their first mind told them to do, and that was, you know, uh, what what is the what is the term? Uh, act a monkey, act a fool. They really wanted to act a fool. They didn't want to, you know, negotiate and work it out. And now they're resentful towards you because they didn't really go off the way they wanted to. Have you ever dealt with that? Yeah. Talk to me about it, True. No, no. No, you can say what you need to say. But if you couldn't say it it in a special manner, yeah, you keep it to yourself. Mm. If you feel like you just need to lash out, just be lashing out. I'm not going to receive that very well. Me personally, I'm not. Because, like, 
you can just have an honest discussion with me instead of acting out. That acting out is not going to make me want to listen to you more. I need you to clarify where you're coming from so I can get a better understanding. Because I can yell back and forth all day. I don't have the time and the energy for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I didn't fly that to or something else. Mm-hmm. You want to act crazy? Yeah, I might give you a couple of minutes after that. If you don't tell me what the issue really is, I'm going to keep it moving. Mm. Until you decide you're going to tell me what it really is, if you're looking for a solution or if you just feel like you don't know what to do, then we can work from there. But if you want to just act out to be acting out, you can go to play with that. Mm-hmm. Man, this is a great call. Brother True from Dallas, Texas. Man, he always comes in and brings the fire. We appreciate you, good brother, man. You brought Dallas, Texas in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, we're going to Houston and Atlanta. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who that is. Legendary Tupac, what you won't do for love. You tried everything. But should you give up? When you've tried everything and and your best ain't enough. And you're in an irreconcilable space. Should you just bounce? We've been talking about it tonight. When your best isn't good enough, when pleasing your significant other just simply isn't enough. We got callers on the line. Let's get there. Atala from Houston, Texas. Talk to us. So what's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. I can hear you clearly. All you got to do is turn that down in the background and we good. Oh, weird. Okay. Am I echoing? I'm good. Just, just a little bit. You good now. Let's let's talk. Have you okay. experienced any of right. the scenarios I laid out in this show? Yes. Yes. Uh, you're talking to a reformed people pleaser. Mm. <laughs> so, yes. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. You know, to answer your question, no, you should definitely walk away. Um, absolutely. Especially for somebody that struggles with people pleasing, because all that really is, is an approval trap. And if you're with somebody who's an avoidant, avoidant dismissive, they're just going to abuse it. Um, there's a certain dynamic that comes into play when people get into these types of relationships. And so generally, again, if you are dealing with people pleasing, even if you were to change the new you is not going to fit into that old paradigm. Mm, talk to me about avoidant dismissive. Talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've definitely played that part as well. I mean, essentially, that's going to be the person that is not going to want to hear anything that you really have to say. Um, and so, you know, if you have cheating in a relationship or even if it's just, you know, disagreement, they're going to take that and blow it up times 10 because they really don't want to be with you anyway. Uh, They resent you for staying. Um, And really their issues is with them for being a coward and not being willing to to end it because they really need to work on themselves. 
Ooh, so who you preaching to tonight? I guess my old self a little bit. <laughs> I'm not like this anymore, but but having been there, I know I know how those moves go. I mean, starting the little fight, you know, all that all that dope stuff <laughs> that we do in relationships to uh, get out of situations so that we don't have to deal with ourselves. And I've been reading Shrouded Lighthouse. Y'all check that out. Check it out. Check it out. The Shrouded Lighthouse. Huh? This is a pretty good book, you think? <laughs> oh, man. Look, okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to hit me that hard. I was literally, like, almost in tears, like, getting done with the first chapter because I realized um, just how I'd been showing up in relationships. And again, that plays into that dismissive avoidance. Like dismissive avoidance, they're not going to want to talk to you about deeper things. The more you try to try and fix and talk about the relationship and the more patience you have, the more annoyed they're going to become with you. Mm. Mm. Really? Really? So the person is trying to do their best by you, but you're getting more annoyed. Because you have this avoided, yeah. dismissive, wow. Say Cause more. I need to, cause the, the whole idea, the dismissive avoidant needs to do better by themselves, really, is, is what the issue is. They have to confront themselves. So, essentially, you think you're helping them, but really you're just holding a mirror, like, hey, look at this, look at this, you see this, you need to fix this. And even though that might not be exactly what you're saying, that is what's being perceived, because they know they're messing up. Mm. <laughs> you cooking, girl. Girl, who gave you the olive oil tonight? Girl, you cooking. <laughs> so <laughs> so this is what you've personally gone through, and this is a revelation mm-hmm. that came from out of you having gone through what you've been through, right? Mm-hmm. I've played the role, and I've also been been played, <laughs> if that makes sense. I've been on both sides. So... Um, another thing I'd like to add as well, um, if you, again, grew up in a narcissistic family structure dynamic, you're like very, like you're just, you're going to be like a little mouse around a bunch of hawks. They're going to be looking for you, those dismissive avoidant types, um, mm-hmm. depending on how you came out. If you came out as someone who has an attachment style where you cleave on the people like that, then mm-hmm. you're just like prime target because they know that you're looking for that affection, and that love. And the scary part is that if you don't get the lesson in that, you'll become the dismissive avoidance. I've seen that a million times. Wow. So let me ask. Wow, this is is heavy. Do the the avoidant dismissive types, if I can say types, uh, do they have an aggrandized view of love or what it's supposed to be or how it's supposed to be like do they have this like perfect concept of what they think it should be or or maybe not love maybe they have this image of their partner how they think their their perfect partner should be and when that person doesn't show up like that it triggers their avoidant dismissive kind of behavior it does that is that connected in any way Yes, I would say so. I mean, that honestly speaks to the Iyanla, uh what's the other lady name? <laughs> that whole clip that's going around where she's saying she doesn't want a bus driver, right? Like, right. she's like a clear case of that. If you, like, really listen to what she's saying and you watch the entire interview, she goes into detail about how her, how her dad wasn't there for her, how, you know, he wasn't there to protect her, 
or just there physically, period. And so you can imagine what that creates within a person. And so that's where you get that whole, well, he has to be six feet tall, have a six pack. That's really what that is. And we try to couch it as like standards or a preference. But really, you're probably just a dismissive avoidant and you're trying to find a way to protect yourself and not get hurt. Mm. Um, but the truth is, like, you're really just running from yourself. <laughs> like, it's really dumb when you think about it. But, well, don't yeah. laugh at him, Auntela. Just because you uh, got your little trophy and medal, don't be laughing at me. <laughs> People still going through that, Auntela. <laughs> it's funny when you look. For me, I I don't know. That That's healing. I laugh at myself. Like, it's healing for me when I realize, like, what the hell was I doing? Like, what, excuse my French. What was I thinking? Like, what was going on in my mind at that time? And so, like, you're right. I can laugh about it now because... I see where I was messing up, but <laughs> if you're still going through it, I would just say that your best bet is to spend your time alone. And instead of focusing on your partner, focus on yourself, get some counseling and um, really, especially for, for my women out there, like wake up that feminine side of you again. If you struggle with giving a man praise, if you're struggling with being that help meet that support, um, and really kind of giving that love and, and adoration, um, I would say definitely heal your inner wounds because until you're able to do that, like, you're probably not going to really be able to attract the guy that you, you really want to attract. And something that healed me, oddly enough, was working with kids. You you have to give kids support, love, affection. Like, there's no way around that. They need that. And so that's something that's healing, too. If you work with children, it'll it kind of waken something up in you. Wow. Attila from Houston, Texas. When I tell you she brought the sledgehammer. Hey, we appreciate you, sister. Please call in more. We love your insight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-9-2015-80. We got another sister on the line. It's her time to shine as well. Vanetta Colbert, Atlanta, Georgia. Get in here. Hey, so. Yo, was Atala cooking or no? She was. It's hard for me to go behind that. She was even describing me in some ways. Well, then it, then you can come behind it because she described you. In what way did she describe you? What 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 about what she said resonated with you? Well, she was saying that a lot of times you will get this attachment to your partner where you give and give and give knowing that that person is not receiving it but there's something in you that wants this person to be what you imagine them to be before you got in the relationship but now that you see that they are none of that instead of you accepting them for being who they actually are, you're still trying so hard to cling to them, thinking that by you giving them the love that that um, that's naturally in in you, that you're gonna see that person that you kind of imagine them to be mm-hmm. in the beginning. So you're dating an ideal. You're dating an yes. image. A, you're dating an image. I, I like that. An image, yeah. So, so h- how do you get out of that? 
Well, first of all, this is how I got out of it. Again, just like she said, I read your books, mm. um, specifically The Shrouded Lighthouse. The Shrouded Lighthouse. I had, yeah. I had to I had to really go inside myself and look at who I actually was and was it worth it for me to try and make someone be the perfect someone that I think they are when they're not really that. So that means they're not for me because the true person that they are is not what I need, is not what I am. Mm. I'm I'm trying to make them this, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain because this happens over time. But something that, that Jeff said resonated with me. He said, all those things that you said in the beginning, and you said a lot of negative things. I can't remember a lot of them, but I know you were just kind of breaking down when the relationship gets to where it's basically nothing. You, you, they come around, but but they're just there. You don't really talk. You, that's not even, it's not even a relationship anymore at that point. Mm. And when it gets to that point, it doesn't just get there in one day. Mm. Someone has checked out long before that actually even happens. Mm. Mm. It's a process. Mm. So it's a process. So would you say when your good isn't good enough for your partner, they've already checked out? Well, I think, and this is just me personally. I don't know about other people, how they feel, but I think the person, I don't, I want to say, just say it. I think it. in the beginning. <laughs> okay, I think in the beginning they knew. They knew that you were not the person for them. Mm. This is just me personally. And and this is not beating up myself because once I looked inside of myself and found out who I actually was, I knew you're not for me either. We're not for each other. Mm-hmm. But I think... Just based on what I experienced, I think they knew coming into the relationship that I was not the person, but they had other um, agendas. So, oh, but this is getting deep. Stay with me. Oh, we cooking tonight. The Voice of Reason is on fire. That's Vanetta Colbert out of Atlanta, Georgia. When I come forward, more callers and questions. We need to know if your best is good enough. What if I'm wrong? A tip to keep me holding on. Trying to be strong in the process. Keep it going. I'm about to lose my composure. I'm getting close to packing up and leaving notes and getting dope. Tell me who knows a peaceful place where I can go to clear my head. I'm feeling low, losing control. I want to believe that love like this is real. Patty LaBelle. Man, Patty. Lord have mercy. My playlist is my co-host. The name of the record is Love, Need, and Want You. Patty LaBelle. Vanetta Colbert from Atlanta, Georgia was on the line. I want to get her final thoughts before I let her go. What are your final thoughts, young lady? Um, 
I think anytime that you have to work too hard to make something work, mm. Mm. It, it, it's not. It's not. It. It, it should never be so difficult that you always feel like you're going against mm. everything that it's just, it, it just shouldn't be that way. I've, I have discernment and I know how to pray. And when I don't want to understand something or I don't, or if I see something that doesn't look right or doesn't feel right, I usually pray about it. Especially if, if, if I have discernment and I'm thinking, um, uh, and after doing that time and time again, I start to get answers, mm -hmm. but the answers are never about the person that I'm, it's never about them. It's, it's about, about me. Yeah. 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 And the, the, the funny thing though, is <laughs> when I first started praying and I was asking things for some I don't know, some ridiculous reason. I'm thinking, oh, me and God are going to have a secret. He's going to tell me just what I'm asking that I've always wanted to know. That's crazy. That's not even the way he operates. <laughs> mm. Actually, what he was saying to me was, don't ever come to me <laughs> about anybody else. It's you. It's you. <laughs> Vanetta Colbert, ladies and gentlemen, Vanetta Colbert from Atlanta, Georgia. She just cooked us up in here. Listen, if you want to bring your insight to the show as well as your city, all you got to do is call us 1-800-920-1580. Uh-oh, you already know what it is. You already know what it is. You already know what it is. My brother Jeff Brown makes another appearance on The Voice of Reason. Jeff Brown from Chicago. Get in here, Jeff. Hey, man. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> so you know what the topic is. You know what we're covering, right? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, when perfection is not enough, which has grown over into taking a deep, dark look at uh, the other person. Wait, can I say and, it? Can I say it this way for you, Jeff? Sure. Because we, when we say, and because the reason why I'm saying this is because you use the word perfection, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about when your humanity isn't enough? If all human beings are works in progress, meaning we're all going to make mistakes, we're all going to bump into each other and scrape each other. What about when your humanity isn't enough in relationships? Talk to me, Jeff. Well... I think that that uh, that relationships we 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 try to look at them as chapters, and I don't think that's the 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 best way. I think sometimes we have to look at them as books, and sometimes it ain't the right time to read that book. You got to close that book. Mm. Yeah, close this 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 right here. When when uh, ever I find myself in a position. To where nothing I do pleases you. Two things have happened. A, you have set me free, so now I can do what I want to, since I know you're gonna be mad about whatever. <laughs> and B, be it my own idiosyncrasies, my own flaws, uh, whatever. Insert 
your name, your your reason here, but I have worn out my the shellac of your patience. I have worn through the shellac of your patience for whatever reason. Now, if you're in a, if you're in a relationship with an individual who blows your mind sexually, well, that's a lot more shellac now, ain't it? That's a if you're in that's a, that a heavy duty shellac, <laughs> bro. Look here. Come on. If you would if you would a mate that is so incredibly good looking that they raise your cachet, mm. well, that's a lot of shellac, ain't it? <laughs> well, if you would a mate that got uh, uh, as much as much money as they weigh in pounds of hundred dollar bills, well, that's a lot of shellac, ain't it? Mm. You ain't got much shellac when both of us broke. Mm. You ain't got much shellac when uh, uh, one of us is ugly and both of us is ugly. <laughs> the, the shellac done wore thin. The shellac done wore down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so now, <laughs> so now, we got to be honest about this abrasiveness. Right. This rubbing up against one another. The shellac that we haven't been building up. When you with the right person, you'll go on and find a way to build the shellac. They put some motion. This deserves the other person has decided that this doesn't deserve any more of my shellac. And B, I think you always know when you're being settled for. Mm-hmm. I think you always know when you're the donut spirit. Mm. I think you always know when you're punching up. And you looking for the lesson inside of the punching up when really the lesson is the punching up itself. Hmm. Why do I consider this individual up? Why does this individual consider me down? Hmm. Those are the real questions that you have to ask you. Or guess what? You finna have the same lesson in different flesh. Now this I'm is why normally... Okay, go ahead. I was about to say, now flip it around. Flip it around. Mm-hmm. So, oftentimes... I've observed people doing this kind of, you know, you, what you're doing for me isn't enough. You're not, you're not showing enough contrition or you didn't support me in the way that I want you to. To me, I think this is a primer that people use to get ready to do something that they really don't want to do. So sometimes if it's about breaking up, they might not want to break up. So instead, I'm going to stay you know, angry, disappointed, disgruntled, dissatisfied, and entitled on top of that and try to manipulate you to do things or show or prove that you're 100% down with them, but really they want to leave. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Um, I think I, I think it's, it's regardless to who the individual is, uh, because I've kind of been here too. Wait, Jeff, hold that thought. When we come forward, we going back to Pasadena with my brother Jeff Brown because he's cooking, he's cooking, he's cooking. Is it good to you? Good to you. More voice of reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and family. Most of us don't know what we're going to do with somebody's loving. Wow. 
that was an amazing record, man. Stephanie Mills, my playlist is my co-host. We're on complete fire tonight. Tonight's topic is a doozy, man, and it's really just about having open and honest conversations, man, just really getting deep. My brother Jeff Brown was on the line, and he's still here, and he was getting ready to say something heavy when we decided to come forward, but now we've come full circle, and I want to bring Jeff Brown back in here so he can finish his thought. Go ahead, Jeff. All right, Candid. I was uh, talking about what is uh, uh, what is your where are you honestly when you are making this person? What do you feel about you when you are making this person this much? When, when when this person is obvious to you, when it becomes obvious to you mm-hmm. that you are this person's donut spare. <laughs> donut spare. Oh, you the donut spare. <laughs> Go you ahead. You gonna get me through this spot. I need a place to stay. I'm a homosexual. Oh God. Don't get off topic. Stay here, Jeff. Stay where we at. Okay. <laughs> what you what you gonna do? What you gonna do? When you figure out, okay, I know it now. I know it. I know it. This 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 dude wasn't about nothing. This broad just wanted to get close to me because I was close to so and so. Uh, I got I made good money in my job, and she was fine and failing. So uh, I got to be honest about this transaction. What am I getting out of this? To steal from Dr. Phil, everything we do as humans has a payoff. Mm. To include letting somebody beat you till candy fall out, got a payoff. It's got a payoff. You getting something out of it, you wouldn't do it. The only, the, 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 the thing that, that sticks out like a sore thumb to me is uh a human being does not have the capacity to respect another human being regardless to who it is more than 80% of the way that they respect themselves. Mm-hmm. That, that, that love, that, that desire, you can't make somebody desire you. I don't care how you dress, what you wear, what you say, where you go. The desire for them to to validate you, mm-hmm. the warning of them, and there's no there's no on off switch here. There's no oh Zoe and Jeff said blank. Hey man, come on and get your stuff out of my house and get on out of here. <laughs> That's not how to, that ain't how it works. No, you this conversation is not gonna make you love you. Nothing me and Zoe gonna say tonight, dear person. Oh man, they talking to me, and I show yeah you. Nothing we are going to say will make you love you enough to pull you out of the dirt that you are in for the lesson you need to learn. And you can love yourself enough to pull yourself out of that. But if you don't learn the next the lesson, guess who's going to be knocking on the door the next time? The lesson 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, however long. 
You got to stay in this class. These are the dudes, and I'm going to say dudes, ladies, because most ladies are guilty of this. More ladies, more than men are guilty of this. Jeff, it sounds like ladies, you read some of my books. Good job. Yeah, I love it. Well, I sat, I sat next to you for over a decade. Some of us rubbed in. Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, Damn it, man! You made me lose the thought. Oh yeah, it, uh, uh, this is this is ladies. This is ladies. This goes to ladies more than dudes. Ladies, have you ever noticed the one who uses the word upgrade most with regard to the next relationship is the man? You know why? Because men analytically, a man worth a damn that's worth being with will analyze and critique his situation. Find the flaws in that situation and do better. That's why his women look better and better. They act better and better. If he's learning his lessons, I can use my own life. My own life. You can line my exes up from high school to right now, and they look like the evolutionary chart. <laughs> they look like the evolutionary chart, brother. <laughs> Come on. Because <laughs> I had to keep learning, man. <laughs> you said you went, all your girlfriends, they look like the evolutionary chart in life science yes. in high school. In life, so come on, bro. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Neanderthal looks. I'm talking about Neanderthal actions, Neanderthal thoughts, emotions, Neanderthal friends, Neanderthal emotions, Neanderthal places. Neanderthal mouth. Right, right. Neanderthal mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fire. That's fire, brother. So you and this is why, to further make the point, this is why, this is why your man that you used to be with, and I wish I could say the words, uh uh, you're gonna have to listen to uh uh You Know That Ain't Right by Biggie. <laughs> all of this, if you know what I'm talking about, all of this is better than you. All of this is better than you. You know why? Because I learned my lesson from you. <laughs> hey, Pretty hey. please with sugar on stop, ladies. Stop talking about how my man went out and got somebody who looked just like me. You know what that means? That heifer is you minus at least one lesson. Ooh. <laughs> okay, Jeff, that's enough. That's enough. We, I got to We got <laughs> Okay. Jeff Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Jeff, tell everybody your YouTube channel so they can follow you, man. Hey, man, uh, follow me on uh, uh, tomorrow. I'll be on uh, Giraffe Balls at, uh, every Wednesday on YouTube at noon, G-E-O-F-F, -F, space T-E-E-V-E-E, -E -E, no spaces. And on Sunday, uh, the first church of holy-ish. <laughs> Somebody, here's the whole premise. Somebody messed up and told me God was everywhere. So I prayed from right here, save me 10%. I never miss a game. I encourage you to come out this Sunday electronically and save 10% on your soul insurance by switching to Don't Go and come check out what I'm talking about. All right, Jeff. Love you, brother. Appreciate you once Love again, you back, man. Bro. Woo! Peace. Jeff Brown came in here and cooked. Now, you guys already know my, my motto. We start the conversation we don't finish it there are holes in the conversation you have to put your mortar in those holes but i will leave you with krishnamurti
And he said something very powerful about love. And I told you, love is a very bastardized term. We, we've misused it, you know. We love the mind, right? Right? We love with the mind. Our hearts are filled with the things of the mind. But the fabrications of the mind cannot be love. You cannot think about love. You cannot think about the person whom you love. But that thought is not love. And so gradually, thought takes the place of love. Your fears, your frustrations, your ideations, your ideals about how you think, you know, your standards, your principles, you're actually in love with that. You're not in love with a person. When a person is doing their best and showing up the best way they know how, they still may not be for you. However, where is the grace that comes with seeing the humanity in a person, especially when they've made a mistake in your relationship? Think about it. Listen, I started the conversation. You finish it. Guess what? Danny Morrison's going to keep the fire lit. You already know what I do. I'll be back here tomorrow with another mind-twisting topic about relationships. I love y'all. I'll see y'all tomorrow.